On this episode of the 2X e-commerce podcast show, I'm going to be talking with the founder of WebArt AG. It is one of the largest and A-leading world-class conversion rate optimization agency. We're going to be talking about growing and scaling an e-commerce business with conversion rate optimization. Do stay tuned. Welcome to the 2X e-commerce podcast show where we interview founders of fast-growing seven- and eight-figure e-commerce businesses and e-commerce experts. They'll tell their stories, share how they 2 x their businesses, and inspire you to take action in your own online retail business today. And now, here he is, the man in the mix, Kunle Campbell. Hi, 2Xers. Welcome to the 2X e-commerce podcast show. I'm your host, Kune Campbell, and this is 2X e-commerce, the podcast dedicated to rapid growth in online retail, not at the enterprise, neither for micro-retailers, but more in the mid-tier, for ambitious online retailers looking to scale their businesses by 2X, 3X, and even 10X. I handpick the guests that come on this show to share their expertise and experience. My criteria is based on one question. Can my guest provide valuable information and insights to help you, my listeners, rapidly grow metrics such as conversions, average order value, repeat customers, traffic, and ultimately sales? And if the answers are resounding, yes, I try my best to get them on this show. My guest in today's show is Andre Morris. If you have attended any of the major conversion rate optimization conferences, then you will most likely have heard my guest on today speak at, at these conferences. I actually met him and his team earlier this year at Digital Elite Camp run by Pep Liar. Remember Pep Liar from um, the earlier episodes um, in Estonia? He spoke about neuromarketing and how it can be applied to conversion rate optimization. It was hugely insightful. Andre is the founder and CEO of WebArt. It's a leading full-service enterprise conversion rate agency based in Frankfurt in Germany. They work with leading German and European brands such as CNA, Konica Minolta, Sage, O2, and Monsoon. These guys are at enterprise level, right? So he has a lot to bring in um, from, 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 from what he's seeing at, at enterprise, at scale. Andre's approach to conversion rate optimization is deep-rooted in social sciences. Andre and WebArt's CRO methodology is founded on behavioral economics, neuromarketing, game theory, gamification, social psychology, and consumer psychology. Andre is also a published author, and it is with great pleasure to welcome Andre to the show. Welcome to the show, Andre. Hi, Kunla. Thanks for having me. Brilliant. <laughs> fantastic, fantastic. Could you take a minute or two to, 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 to tell my listeners a bit about yourself and, and WebArt? Please. Uh, so uh, mostly um, I founded WebArts in 1996 uh, as an um, interactive agency. I needed to uh, bridge some time before I start studying. Actually, I never studied anything directly after school. We started and I would say in 2000, we crossed the first million. Uh, then it was still Deutschmarks. <laughs> so... Um, Today, we um, realized that we are focused on 
uh, methodological optimization. So we work mostly for big enterprises like top 30, top 50 German uh, retailers. And uh, we do a lot of consulting analysis, but also hands-on conversion optimization. So um, my, my job mainly is to uh, connect the, the dots for our clients and to help them grow faster. Great stuff. I, I love the fact that you, you connect the dots. You, 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 you make a good picture. Let, let's, let's go into the analysis. Um, what's the difference between analysis at enterprise and scale um, as compared to actual work, CRO work? How, how do they compare? And, um, are they two different sides of your business? Yeah, I think there, there is a big growth killer for every enterprise that it's growing. And I know the, the word is often used, but I, I think it's, it's good to repeat it on and on. Mm. This growth uh, killer, I would call it silos. So the organization is the biggest uh, growth killer in, in my point of view. Analysis mm. um, is uh, required from, from the outside because companies are not able we say you're not able to read the label from inside the bottle, right? So, <laughs> um, and, and that's what's happening, in, in especially in, in companies that are growing. They're strong in data analysis. They have their data scientists, but they have so many data. They don't see what really is responsible for their conversion growth rates. Mm. On the other hand, they, they maybe make uh, dozens of usability labs, but they still don't see the big picture. So they end up in tweaking buttons and testing templates, but that's not effective. So mm. um, uh, often we are called uh, to, to give them a bigger picture and to highlight like the, the, the big um, obstacles and separate them from all this little stuff mm. that they could do. So it's all analysis means how can you prioritize things? So you have big growth level levers or levers on, on one hand and all that little stuff that you could do later maybe gotcha. on, on the other side. Yes. Gotcha. And, and is this from a user experience standpoint or does it go into other areas of their business? Um, it's, it, it means, as I said, it's important to, to connect the dots. So mm. to com combine different uh, meth methods. So, for example, a classical user or UX research means people invite their, their customers to come into their office and say, hey, let's our online shop. Could you please use it? Uh, please order some jeans, size, X, Y, Z. And then they are recorded and people look at their faces and they do eye tracking and all that stuff. But they don't get the point because, first of all, people are... Uh, invited, so they already know that big corporation mm. is is the site that is being tested. So I won't reply open. I I will answer uh, the way where I think they wish me to answer. Mm. Or I, I as a as a participant, I start to get extremely critical. But anyway, they don't get the the um, the real stuff out of an out of something like this because. Also, people are not aware about certain things like psychological principles. Mm. So you should uh, have another method like expert evaluation, people that are really skilled in psychology, behavioral e economics, to analyze your business model, to look at your competitors and to find out are there any psychological things that, that could help. 
Um, but actually, these experts, they don't know how real people perceive the website and, and the brand and mm. how is the implicit effect, the implicit um, perception of, of an online shop, for example. So that's where I think you, you always need both. And, and I could continue with uh, people should do personas, uh, psychological profiling, uh, user journey mapping. So the more methods you combine, the clearer is the picture you, you get, like like the resolution of, of a digital image, right? So you need more methods to to get to the truth. So um, that's where we help. Gotcha, gotcha. And I, and I can imagine, you know, at, at, at the enterprise, um, there's so much data, so much traffic. Mm-hmm. They they need to 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 distill to mm-hmm. to to get a clearer picture on how to further optimize their businesses. Yes, okay. yes, it's important to to separate um, the the. The, let's say, can I say the bullshit? Or is it now explicit? Uh, well, yeah, it's all right. It's all right. We'll, we'll just... <laughs> from, from the real stuff that helps you, you know, and, and the lists, the backlogs of the companies, they're so big and they waste mm. their time with so much things that are not effective. Mm. So uh, one example, everybody is now talking about growth hacking. And I'm sure that most of the um, enterprises, bigger enterprises, they they think, yeah, growth hacking sounds interesting, um, but yeah, maybe it's more for the Silicon Valley um, SaaS software startups. Mm-hmm. They they don't they don't know um, that, for example, the dominance of Amazon. You you could also call it growth hacking. You know, mm. Amazon charges you money to get a Prime member. So as a user, you will be very much more committed to Amazon if you paid already in advance for their service. Mm-hmm. And on the other hand, Amazon made it really easy to order so they form a habit. Uh, consistency and commitment is one very well-known psychological principle mm-hmm. uh, that easiness is important for um, forming habits. is also psychological, well-known and that leads to, um, I don't know, I think Pepe Laja, he, he was talking uh, about 74% conversion rate for prime users hmm. at Amazon. So that's what I would call a growth hack. And it's important for e-commerce companies to learn such principles, to mm. learn what psychological principles exist. How could I apply them to my business model? Mm. Because if if you're too deep into the business, you, you won't see that. Absolutely. So so this is more like social engineering into the business. Yeah, um, I would. I would. Maybe I, it's a cool world. I, mm. a word. I like it. I would call it psychological engineering. Mm, mm, um, mm. And it's important that you get really a radical, user centric perspective when when you analyze things. Mm. And that's what I mean. Uh, with a bottle, okay. <laughs> you you can't have that um, perspective w- mm. when you're so deep into your stuff. Okay, so I have a question um, from the interactions I've had with um, various conversion rates experts. I I I can split them in in two sort of camps. One um, are people like yourself that are deep rooted into these principles, into psychology, mm-hmm. and um, the social sciences, basically neuromarketing, behavioral economics, game theory, you know, gamification and so- social psychology. And on the other half, you have, um, or the other camp, you have people quite obsessed 
with um, AB split test and um, MVT test, and more more about the technical aspects of mm-hmm. um, of, 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 of of CRO. Now, yeah. my question is: um, Say I'm a mid tier retailer, and you know I'm turning over, I'm selling uh, perhaps um, I don't know a men's um, um, essentials like underwear and all that kind of stuff, like you know maybe just underwear, right? Let, let's just hypothetically mm-hmm. say we're, we're selling men's mm-hmm. underwear online, and um, I'm looking to scale from five million dollars um to to my, my, my target is mm-hmm. next year i want to scale to 10 or 15 million dollars um mm-hmm. what kind of how do i identify a, a ciro expert that would look beyond just you know the the technique the technicalities of yeah. you know of, of optimization and interfaces and kind of have a deep dive into my business my competitors yeah. business see what's ticking and offer I don't know, a tweak similar to, mm-hmm. as you alluded to earlier, um, Amazon mm-hmm. Prime. Or would, yeah. I, would I need to speak to a range of experts or would mm. would a CRO expert in, in this other camp, like where, where you're coming from, yeah. be essential, be, be just necessary? I, I, I would first um, I give the advice that when you're talking about these camps of uh, optimizers, mm. Um, again, we are talking about silos. I, I would not talk to somebody who's a spe- specialist in just one of these areas because uh, you, you will miss a lot of this picture. I think the, the best optimizers know how to combine all that psychological knowledge with quantitative methods like A-B testing because mm-hmm. um, I, I recently published a model. It's called the Growth Canvas. It's actually just in uh, German. I'm sorry. When you Google it, you <laughs> maybe get a German blog post. But you can translate it okay. um, with Google. But it says um, uh, you need this qualitative uh, skills and ability to develop powerful hypotheses. Then you need skills to prioritize your hypothesis well and separate the, the good stuff from the bad stuff. Okay. Um, and and then uh, next means use quantitative uh, methods as A/B testing, personalization, CRM, email marketing, all that stuff to kind of execute your growth. Mm. So all the time you're speaking to somebody who's just able to overview one of these areas, you don't use the real potential. Mm-hmm. And additionally, I would add a third layer, and the third layer is strategy, and that was also in my talk in Estonia. Mm-hmm. If you don't have a program, a, a process, a, a systematic approach to optimization um, that contains a business plan where you set your goals, like how many tests, with what uplift, how, how can I um, get a better optimizer next year? If you don't have that strategic level, mm-hmm. Then it, then you will also lose a lot of um, potential, and that's why I think uh, optimizing for growth needs all three things: strategy, qualitative analysis, and then quantitative execution. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. All makes sense. Makes makes a lot of sense. Okay. Um, question. Um, so, from a mid-tier standpoint, online retail standpoint. Um, what portion of time should e-tailers listening to this um, spend on acquisition mm-hmm. versus CRO optimization? Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, there's there is an old rule saying uh, not measured in time but measured in budget that uh, companies should spend like fifteen percent of their budget of their of their um, traffic acquisition budget. They they should spend it for optimization, mm. and it does not sound a lot, but if you if, if you know the numbers for um, uh, Google AdWords budgets and so on. And let's take social media and whatever also into that. Then you would realize that most of the companies spend maybe one or two or three percent, and that's way mm. uh, too few. It's just beginning, you know. There, there are some people testing around. I, I call it testing around because they have the ability to use an A/B testing tool. They set up whatever comes to their mind, and there you waste potential. You only have a number of testing slots a year. Mm. So use them for proper things that work well. Mm. Um, and yeah, if, if you do that, you would see it's maybe much more expensive and much more time-consuming than we thought. It's maybe much more than we actually do. But the ROI is a multiple times higher. Mm. And that's what we call growth, right? So, mm-hmm. Yeah, that's exactly where I was going to, to lead to. Um, my next question really had to do with the uplift, right, um, mm-hmm. in sales um, and how that would align with someone who wants to double their business. Mm-hmm. Is a CRO enough to um, as a, a channel to, mm-hmm. to double a business? Because I, I, you know, obviously a smaller business is more likely to grow to double mm-hmm. than, you know, a very established business with, mm-hmm. with significant market share. Mm-hmm. But um from from what from what you've seen in the front line, um, do you have any kind of case studies or examples of so mid tier companies, um really agile mid tier companies that have used CRO to significantly yes. scale um and, and grow their business and, and what yes. do they do? Yes, I, I see them and uh, I know it's like repetitive uh, talking about Amazon or maybe Mm Booking.com. But these are the companies in Germany. uh, Amazon doubled their revenue in in three point something years. They're the only ones that have a really, um, let's say, disruptive growth curve. And again, it's all about this stuff that we're talking about, psychology, quantitative analysis. The difference between Amazon and the other uh, retailers is that they don't build the resources um, or allocate the resources. They don't build the program on the systematic approach. Um, Of course it is possible. And um, a problem is we have with with the term conversion rate optimization is that for most uh, strategic decision makers, the C's, uh, the C level, the C suite, mm-hmm. they they think conversion optimization means yeah, let's test a red button versus a green button. So that's a topic not strategically relevant for growth. It's somewhere in the online marketing department, and that's a big mistake. I think Booking.com and Amazon they got it. They realized what conversion optimization really means. Mm-hmm. Mm. Uh, it seems like it's it's um it's it's driven by by leadership. It's a top down approach, really. Yeah. Once once um the the CEO or um I don't know the COO actually mm-hmm. has 
um, has that growth focus and, and, and looks at it very strategically and then, you know, works mm. it down, as you, you alluded to earlier, quantitatively mm. and qualitatively, there, there would be significant growth um, yeah, results on there. Okay. All right. That makes a, a lot of um, sense. Okay. Yeah, it starts it start with a job title. Mm. Uh, does the company have uh, a CMO or, or, or a vice president um, marketing or is he called a vice president growth or growth marketing? Is there anybody really responsible for growth? Mm. And that's what I say. A systematic approach cont- contains a, a goal. If nobody sets a goal for the CRO people, they, they will test around. So it, it needs both. It, it needs a deeper understanding for the, for the C-level uh, and setting strategic growth. But CRO is still a bottom-up topic, not a top-down. We are testing from, based from the consumer's perspective. So maybe there are still also some, let's say, cultural uh, uh, frictions, you know, <laughs> like C uh, level has to accept that he is not the decision maker mm-hmm. when it's up to to A B testing and so on. That's sometimes not so um, easy. It's always the engineering guys, you know, Jeff Bezos. He mm-hmm. he's a software engineer, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> he's mm-hmm. not a marketing guy. So. Mm-hmm. Maybe some people get the difference. And then there's this issue with, um, you know, decision by committee where, you know, the highest paid person in the room actually mm-hmm. makes a decision when, you know, you should let the data actually tell you. Yeah. And it's, I mean, it's not that these people should not make decisions. They should make decisions about optimization programs and their budget and how to um, be more agile than they were last year and how mm-hmm. to optimize their average uplift or test success rate. That's, that are the important decisions, not to de- de- decide about should the design be like this or that, on which brand agency should we hire. These are um, 90s decisions, you know. <laughs> okay, okay, all right. Okay, so um, we've, we've got the methodology. We, we've got the steps um, from a strategy, mm-hmm. quantitative and qualitative standpoint. Mm-hmm. Um, question has got to do with how do you hire who should you hire, consultant, agency, as a mid-tier, and how should you go about um, hiring um, um, a CRO, CRO consultant or expert that would mm-hmm. drive significant growth in, in e-commerce? I think that's what I said earlier about find somebody that combines all these different abilities, the mm. qualitative, the quantitative, and the strategic. So, and we know how hard it is to find uh, companies like that um, because our discipline is actually kind of new. And if, like, let's say if you go for the big uh, consulting companies, you, you maybe have the strategic part, you maybe have the quantitative part, you're missing the qualitative. Mm-hmm. You could go to a UX agency. They, they are maybe very skilled with, with personas and psychology and all that stuff. But what we found out, a lot of UX companies are missing the A-B testing part, the quantitative and the strategic. So what I want to say, it's like a puzzle. And you always, um, there's always one, one piece missing. So um, when we build our network of, of um, international uh, companies, so we're working together with a couple of Companies like Wider Funnel in the U.S. or PRWD in the U.K. So 
we focused on finding companies that have all these skills. And I can tell you, because I needed to find them, it's not very easy uh, to find them. It's only a few. And um, yeah. I'll link to PWD, Paul's excellent, Paul Rook, and yes. um, Wider Funnel. I can't quite remember the name of the guy, yeah. but, but Wider Funnel keeps on um, popping up in, in my radar. Okay, yeah. let's. It's because I think the discipline is very early, it, it's mm. just starting, emerging. So I think conversion optimization as a topic still needs maybe 10 more years to really mm. find its way what kind of skills do people inside this discipline really need. Okay. Okay. Could we talk a bit about psychology and triggers? Please? Of course. Um, what, what, in your opinion, are um, the the most important psychological triggers in the context of um, conversion rate optimization? Oh, that's a good question. It it depends on on the business model. Uh, first, I think um, it it it's a difference if you have a SaaS software company. Mm-hmm. Uh, where you are onboarding people and uh, activating people and fighting against churn, you you would maybe use different models. So if it's or different uh, principles than when you are in e-commerce. So um, one principle um, I like very much is about uh, reactancy and um, about curiosity. So People are always curious. So Booking.com does that excellent. If you go on Booking.com, you see there's a little red circle with a one inside, and you know that symbol from your from your smartphone or whatever. Mm-hmm. And it, and it, for you, it, it's an implicit code that means oh, there is something, and I need to click it so it gets away. In Facebook, you learn that every single little one means you've got a positive feedback, a, a like, whatever. So mm. dopamine, your brain will say, <laughs> yeah, great, I, I received something. Booking.com is using that principle together with curiosity. If you click on the website, you're not logged in. It says, please log in so you can find our secret details. <laughs> How cool is that? I'm so, on it now. <laughs> <laughs> that's a, and that's a growth hack, you know, and you mm. could use it in e-commerce. What do most retailers do? They, they, they throw this layer in your way. I just want to enter their market online virtually. And what they do, they, they would stand in my way and say, stop, please, uh, uh, please opt in for our newsletter. You will get maybe $5 or whatever. <laughs> that's the wrong way. That's because someone told you so. Yeah. Yeah. Somewhere. yeah. And that's like the old school push marketing approach, interrupting mm. people, don't understand them, give away money because you don't know what they really care about. And mm. the new, the, the conversion psychology growth hacking way is understand people and their principles, realize they're curious. They love little red circles with numbers inside. So, so. The, the notification age, <laughs> we're in the age of notifications <laughs> and, yeah. and all. I think Nur Ayer was, um, I don't know, his book and hooked. Um, yeah, I was yes. talking about that. Okay. Um, yeah, that's, a, that's an example. But to be honest, there are uh, more than 200 um, principles. We call them behavior patterns. So, like design patterns, you, you, you use them or reuse them and you can uh, collect them like in a library. Mm-hmm. We call them uh, behavior patterns at WebArt. 
Okay. Uh, but you find a lot of them in Wikipedia if you search for a list of cognitive biases. Okay. And there you will see there is so much. You just have to ask yourself, which of these could I use and, and make an, a cool A-B test out of it okay. to increase sign-in rate, opt-in rate, uh, add-to-card rate, whatever. So besides Booking.com and Amazon.com, which other companies do you think are at the cutting edge in e-commerce um, with, with regards to, to, to driving this, this, these behavioral patterns, in, mm-hmm. in your opinion? I think... It's not actually um, a number or, or certain companies. It's um, for e-commerce or classical retailers. I would encourage them to have a look on what's going on in growth hacking and SaaS software companies and what mm. principles do they use to do an onboarding to establish a communication. So, for example, a positive example. What what I really liked. Uh, John Ekman from Conversionista, another partner in our uh, little group of optimizers, he, he had a brilliant presentation in Estonia about onboarding. Mm. And he showed um, Hotjar, the software, um, where when you, when you log in, you get also, it's also about notifications. You get a little messaging window, and it's a message uh, from the founder and CEO. And this is very personal, and, and it means... You could say the principle is establish a personal communication. Mm-hmm. That's what a lot of retailers are completely missing. So if you, if you look into other disciplines and areas and industries, that's what Steve Jobs always said. You, you find the innovation somewhere else, outside your industry. Absolutely. So I would say the hottest thing to look, look at is, um, is uh, a SaaS software and how they build their experiences and how they establish real communication with their users. Your little, your, your, your little consortium is a global conversion alliance. I would, um, is, is that correct? Uh, yes. Yeah, I would definitely link onto it. It's, uh, yeah, it's an industry, internal industry um, um, consortium. Yeah. Okay. All right. Um, good stuff. Good stuff here. Right. Following through um, on that, um, do, do you have any other... Besides the, um, do, what about triggers? Um, what 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 about emotional triggers, positive mm-hmm. and negative? What mm-hmm. what what do we have? What, what what kind of emotional triggers do we have at our disposal? What are the core mm-hmm. triggers, in your opinion, um, for for testing for for running the split yeah. test? Um. So with, with triggers, I, um, I I would translate triggers to. Um, factors that users perceive when they are on the website. And first thing that is important to learn is that people quickly perceive things on an unconscious level mm. and build their own story inside their mind about what's going on with this company. Are they big or not? Are they experienced? Are they consumer-centric or not? Are they cheap? Do they have a big assortment? All that questions uh, users can um, answer in a couple of milliseconds. Make the test. That's what every retailer or conversion um, head of conversion could do in, in a couple of minutes. Print out your most important landing page. Show it to people for a couple of uh, seconds that don't know what you're doing. And you will see uh, how far the fantasy is taking the people, the users. And I would say when it's about A-B testing, um, 
First, you can test psychological principles like the growth hacks. Mm -hmm. And second, I would, I would test these, um, these factors. Um, mm -hmm. we, we call them um, a trigger of, of like Im implicit perception. Mm -hmm. uh, it's all about price, quality, assortment. Uh, if you test this stuff, you will get uh, big results. Every time I talk to, to experts like yourself, it's, it's so much... <laughs> going on um yeah there's so many there's so much terminology and <laughs> yeah so many principles I, I would have to read the transcripts to to get my head around it to be honest oh uh, there's just, so much well there you go someone who started in 1996 <laughs> what do you expect yeah like, you're right so uh yeah i, I know uh, should i explain implicit perception or? yes please <laughs> i got pep Lager the other time and it just breezed through i i, I just <laughs> So, okay, you know, I need I to know. find out more. And... So that's uh, when we are talking about okay. perception, right. we should be aware that, that people are consciously perceiving things. They are reading the words mm -hmm. and you can show a website to people for two minutes and ask them, what, what did you perceive? And they maybe after two minutes, they are able to repeat what was uh, written on the website. So that's mm -hmm. what we call explicit level of um of communication so so it's really standing there explicitly so uh, it's written there so mm -hmm. so people can can perceive it on that level gotcha. And, gotcha and there's the other level what we call implicit uh level where it's not really written there but it's um it's effective communicating to you so you see a website and it makes a difference if if it's uh, which color it has what's the picture what kind of people are on the picture? How many products are on your category page? Makes a difference. It's mm. an it's an implicit way of communicating. How big is your assortment? Um, so, for example, that's what Amazon does very well. Again, it's it's aesthetically not looking very good, but it implicitly it shows you with every pixel, square pixel, it says we have everything mm -hmm. our filters are so big they don't fit on one page um we, we have so many articles and so uh, so many offers and products and everything so that's the implicit level mm -hmm. and, and uh, that's a big mistake for a lot of retailers uh, marketing people or design people want to look at aesthetically cool and fancy mm. they say oh look at airbnb isn't that great how the background image moves? And, and look at Spotify. They have just one big hero image. What mm, mm. happens, they, 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 they don't care about this implicit uh, codes. They, they change them from cheap to expensive, from big assortment to small. So that's a... Sounds, sounds really interesting. I've, I've got two questions off the back of it. Um, one question has got to do with, so from an A-B split test um, standpoint, what do you test first? Do you, do you test the explicit or do you test the implicit? Second question, please, if, if you don't mind me giving you a double barrel uh, no question, problem. has got to do with, um, in regards to the implicit, it sounds like it's very strategy driven. So with the Amazon example, um, it's it's more or less, in, in my opinion, like a, um, a stack them high, um, sell them low, you know, Mm -hmm. psychology and that's playing out on the user interface yes it's ugly but it feels like you're you're going into a costco mm -hmm. um and and so that reflects in in design and mm -hmm. 
yeah, just your opinion on on how that you know such um, subtleties can be um, reflected in an A B split test. Um, so circling back to the first question, yeah. what do you test in an A B split test? Um, an explicit or an implicit? It's. I mean, it depends. Um, like for example, uh, uh, an often tested hypothesis is if you communicate value propositions properly, mm. you get a higher conversion rate because you give people a reason why they should buy. And so what you could do is uh, do it as everybody is doing it. You write down your value propositions in the header of your shop mm -hmm. and you say free shipping, free return, hotline, whatever. Mm -hmm. And you would see it, it will work if you're testing properly. Uh, you you maybe get a, a, a four five or if you're happy eight eight percent uplift, um, but you miss a lot of potential because you can only measure an effect in A/B testing if the behavior of the people changed. Hmm. And how can the behavior change? People have to perceive it, and if you communicate your message only on the explicit level it's maybe not the best you can do. So, for example, in that case, we, we just published a case study where we could double the uplift by repeating the value propositions in the footer. Our client said, why should we do that? Nobody is crawling there. That's what we learned. We said, yeah, but the people that are not buying, that did not find anything, they scrolled way down and they will repeat the value propositions. But we, we put them into like an emotional um, context, pictures, mm. more text, icons. Because in the footer, we have uh, uh, masses of space and pixel we can use. So um, when we did that and communicated it on both levels, it was much more effective. So I, I can't tell you only go for this and that level. Always <laughs> take both levels into account. A job of optimizers to change users' behavior so you need to know how uh, communication works and that you have to address your message on both levels. Love that. Um, the job of this optimizer is to change users' behavior, to get them to buy. <laughs> Hit that yeah, buy button. Exactly. <laughs> and, and now I forgot your second question. <laughs> um, the second question had to do with the more, more or less the implicit, um, the implicit parts of it, which, which has to do really with um, how that's communicated in, in design. So, so, you know, you gave the example of Amazon, um, how they, they utilize every pixel. And I kind of drew a parallel to, with, with that to, um, to, to a Costco and a Costco you just or in the UK a Tesco everything's just you know um, there's there's no sort of um, care put into um, how things look yeah. it's it's different from a Louis Vuitton you know um, store and that's yes. reflected in design and I was just you know thinking you know and, and my question had to do with them um, split test um how, how how that's communicated with user user experience and how sort of retailers can um sort of use their value proposition or where yeah. they're coming from, the kind of um the kind of store, you know, what their strategy is and how that can be reflected in in design. Um yes. and if 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 they could see huge uplifts if if you know if if they they um they, they create that parallel so so to speak in terms of what their yes. business is about and, and how it looks. Yeah, and, and, communicated. And, and you will realize that it has to do with branding and positioning of mm. a brand. I mean, uh, that's why I think the word conversion optimization 
is a little bit narrow <laughs> because what, what are we testing at the end? We're testing value propositions, implicit codes, all that stuff. So, um, but to, to answer your question, yeah, I don't want to say that everybody should look like Amazon mm -hmm. or Costco or Asda or now what did you say? Uh, Tesco. Tesco. Yeah. yeah. Um, but of course, it's it, it's the, the 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 Costco or Tesco value proposition is you get everything, you get loads of stuff here, and it's it's a, it's a lot and it's cheap. Um, so come here and you find everything in one place. Okay. That is a value proposition, and if you want to communicate that, then you should realize you're not Louis Vuitton or Burberry. So it's not about looking fancy. The designer's job is to transport that value proposition into the mind. So. Um, it, it should not look like Ling's cars, but maybe <laughs> a little bit more like Ling's cars than Burberry. Mm. On the other hand, if you're selling luxury goods, um, of course, you can't afford uh, to look like Tesco. That's, again, value proposition, communication of value propositions through implicit codes. I, I love the Louis Vuitton website. There are little videos like on Airbnb mm. in the background with people um, finishing a little part of a bag with, with a hand, hand, handicrafted, handcrafted mm. thing, uh, really full with love and passion. And you think, oh, my God, it's somebody. So, but it's a complete different value proposition, completely different code. The problem is that, of course, every designer, every decision maker they love the world of emotional big pictures and Burberry and so on. They love it much more than the cluttery, ugly world of discount. Mm -hmm. um, but at the end, it's, it's like we have we we saw so many redesign projects where a new CMO came and said, "Whoa, your website looks like it's out of the '90s. Let's redesign it." At the end, it looked nicer, but it also looked more expensive. So they they had a big loss. Mm. 20, 25% less conversion rate. Wow. Expensive, wrong decision. So <laughs> that's the power of implicit codes. Interesting, 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 interesting. Okay. With um with utmost respect of your time or for your time, um, I would um quickly um ask you just move into the final set of questions. Mm -hmm. Um let's talk about um tools your preferred tools uh, this these are more just um real quick questions really um so what tools uh, what what are your preferred um tools platforms for yes. from a conversion rate optimization standpoint yeah so of course uh, fr from an analytical point of view mm -hmm. you need a lot of um input from analytics uh mouse tracking so on so, so we love uh, tools like Kissmetrics or Hotjar. Mm. Um, I think especially Hotjar, incredibly new tool with a lot of power. Um, why do we need them? To, to get insights into the way people uh, browse through websites and perceive them. And then we have our qualitative area where it has not so much to do with tools. Uh, inside our company, we build our own tools, for example, to collect the psychological uh, principles, but they don't exist on the market. So um, when we come to the quantitative um, methods like A-B testing and so on, then again, uh, we need tools and yeah, when it's up to A-B testing tools, I always um, tell people we're technologically agnostic. So 
you can use uh, self-service tools very well and they will take you very far. Tools like Optimizely, VWO and so on. Uh, when you reach a certain point, uh, you will maybe need personalization and stuff like that. So there are a lot of really expensive enterprise tools. Um, I think Optimizely is, is getting into that as well. Mm -hmm. um, but again, you, you, there are also a lot of different tools you, you can use. And it, it depends on, on the, on the um, needs of a company, which tool is the right one. So I can't give any recommendation. Okay. And then you have personalization, which I think is a very interesting new uh, way of thinking. Mm -hmm. When you combine, again qualitative UX people think in types of users and personalization. It's a powerful combination. Mm -hmm. And um, from a personalization standpoint, where, where are you seeing the, the biggest gains and where should um, retailers be most excited about? Um, they should not be excited about um, displaying weather information or name of the customer. That's uh, first of all what I think a lot of people are talking about big data and personalization and they just display data. That's not what we do. They should be excited about knowing I have this five different types of uh, customers and if I want to um, move my experience towards this type, what does it mean? Mm. Uh, so it means you're changing the wording, you're, you're changing um, maybe some background images. At the end, you're, you're changing implicit code so they, you have a better fit to that type. You know? For example, the fast decision maker in, in a lot of uh, typology models is the red one. So he will need another arrangement on, on a category page than the slow decision maker, the logical guy who's, who's reading everything. If retailers find out what their clients are, which types, and with, with what data I can identify them, then personalization makes sense and starts to make sense. So th that's what I would care about. So I have a question. Um, so what platforms would you recommend? Or what platform do you think... Um, are going in the right direction in regards to personalization and um, yeah. user experience? To be honest, we did not find one yet. So if any of the listeners can recommend something, I'm thankful for a hint. We built these systems by our own. We have, wow. um, we have scoring systems. It's not complicated. It's a small piece of software that collects mm. data and has some algorithms um, to find out, are you uh, a user type A, B, C? You, you, mm. you could do that you could do that in an Excel sheet. It, mm. it's, it's not witchcraft. Mm. So it, it, it's not complicated. We even um, use a testing tools uh, to, uh, to do that, to, to inject the code for personalization into the website. So Yeah, I had um, even Manzu from Ometria um, on the show a couple of shows back, and they're really into data-driven personalization in e-commerce. But the... Um, the the challenge is um, they use the data they get for messaging mm -hmm. rather than um, user experience, which which is mm -hmm. interesting. So it'd be interesting mm -hmm. to, see, to 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 find out a platform that kind of marries 
what yeah. they're doing from a messaging standpoint yeah. um, to, to user experience and conversion rates optimization. Yes. That would be like <laughs> yeah. a few years away from that. And imagine if you, if you identify that a certain customer is a certain type, mm. uh, what does it mean for your fulfillment? Would you maybe put in another message card in his package? What does it mean for customer service? Could hmm. there be a notification saying, take care, this mm. guy is a fast decision maker, so you speak in another way? Mm. That's, what, that's what the classical sales guy is doing in mm -hmm. a real store. He realizes what kind of type are you, and he will adapt his behavior towards... And and, and I suppose if, if you could then, you know, get the machines to, to make some decisions for you, you know, so, um, you could, you know, add a gift in, you know, from, from a, from a delivery standpoint or, you know, as yes. you, you alluded to earlier, um, you know, make a decision with regards to, to how the customer service, you know, representative actually handles them or just, you know, increase, just upgrade their, their delivery from, yes. um, two days to, to, to next day. It's fascinating, really fascinating, fascinating. Yes. So, okay. So, um, from, Moving on from tools, um, what about books and and resources, um, blogs and and books, um, you mm -hmm. you know, e-commerce managers should sort of um, I I kind of like what da Derek Halpin said. Um, he he said you know before he gets into anything, he read three or five books about the mm -hmm. subject before mm -hmm. he talks to any expert. You know, he mm -hmm. just read books, mm -hmm. and um, mm -hmm. once he 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 reads the books from you know the top books on there, he's able to sort of filter through any rubbish basically. Yes. Um. So so from your perspective, um, what books should e-commerce um or retailers actually you know just read? You know, um, find yeah. the time to read to to get the the an understanding of it, not necessarily to execute, mm -hmm. but um to to be able to make the right decisions on partners, tools, platforms, and approach really strategy? Yeah. Um, that's, a, again, a good question because all the books, they come out of the silos. So there, I don't know any book that connects the dots. So um, maybe I should write it. But um, you should. <laughs> <laughs> when it's about psychology and your marketing, for example, to get a good understanding about the power of implicit codes, you could, you could read the... Um, uh, um, the book from Natalie Nahai uh, from the UK, mm -hmm. it's called Webs of Influence. I like okay. it. It gives you a great overview uh, about psycholo psychological principles. If you want to take it further to behavioral economics and stuff like this, uh, of course, there you have the classical uh, books like um, Dan Ariely, mm -hmm. um, Cialdini, his, his uh, influence book. I don't know how it is called exactly. That gives you... Um, a great uh, overview about all this, what we call behavior patterns. If, if you really want to dig deep into it, read Kahneman, Thinking Fast and Slow, 600 pages, you have everything uh, in, inside that. So that could give you a good uh, overview on, on, uh, on psychology and that stuff. Sorry, what's the name of the book? Um... Kahneman. It's, Kahneman, uh, okay. Kahneman, his book is called Thinking Fast and Thinking Slow. Fast, okay. Thinking Fast and Slow. Um, okay. th that's a classic. He, he received, uh, he's the first psychologist that ever received a Nobel Prize because there is no Nobel Prize for psychology. So he received it in wow. economics. He received it in economics as a psychologist. So that's amazing. Okay. And I, I can recommend that if you have uh, loads of time. <laughs> 600 pages, sorry. Yeah, that. Um, when it's about e-commerce uh, strategy, I'm sorry, I don't know books in English to recommend. Okay. Um, 
But I, I recommend all all the, the blogs about uh, growth hacking, like uh, growth growthhackers.com by, mm-hmm. by Sean Ellis. That gives you a good overview about what's happening, as I said, in, in the other parts of, of the world, in the other industries. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, read blogs like Conversion Excel, um, like the Wider Funnel blog, for example. They, they mm-hmm. there's a lot of testing and also the the deeper stuff like statistics. When is an A/B test really valid and stuff like that? Mm. So I, I could uh, recommend that as well. Yeah, <clears throat> and um, yeah, and then you you connect the dots basically from a CRO standpoint. Fantastic. Okay. At the end, uh, that's experience. That, right? that experts experience. Absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. Okay, now so let me just count the number of pages I've had notes on. Five pages, right? Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Um, before before you say your your, your goodbye, um, wh- what is the best way um, listeners can sort of follow you, get in touch with you, and um, you know just um, you know say follow your work? Really? It's maybe it, the best way is maybe Google Translate because <laughs> <laughs> because I publish my stuff in German, so I'm lazy. You know, I'm a lazy guy. Um, I'm I'm too lazy to write in English. Um, so we have a blog called conversionskraft.de. Uh, uh, you can read it with Google Translate or you can follow me on Twitter. I tweet around 50% in English. Uh, Twitter handle is M-O-R-Y-S. So I think these are the two okay. most interesting ones. <clears throat> and what conferences should we expect to, to see you in the next um, six to, to nine months? I have no idea, to be honest. It, it will take me now to Lithuania. Uh, wow. yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, next week um, and I think for for the next year I, I did not plan it yet this, this year I was in uh, in in the US and uh, most of the European countries and of course in, in Germany Scandinavia UK mm-hmm. but for next time I don't know it you seem to be more active in the Euro- in Europe and in, in the EU than um, in, in the states yeah when it's about speaking the mm-hmm. thing is um, as a speaker to be honest I get paid uh, for my speeches so that's mm-hmm. very good for me um, but in Germany nobody's paying me they want me to be a sponsor <laughs> so I'm not talking about much in you, you talk about the prophet at, um, in, <laughs> in, 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 in his country Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> it's been uh, an absolute, absolute pleasure. Very, very hugely you're insightful, welcome. Andre. Um, thank you for, for coming on to XE Commerce. Yeah, you're welcome. Thank you for having me. Cheers. Bye. Thanks for listening to this episode of 2X E-Commerce. To help you get more actionable insights and e-commerce growth hacks that will help you 2X your online retail business, hop over to 2xecommerce.com. It's a blog dedicated to e-commerce and multi-channel marketing run by the show's host, Kunle Campbell. 2xecommerce.com is packed full of articles and guides to help increase traffic to your store, increase repeat purchases, and average order value. Thanks for listening. Visit 2xecommerce.com.